First Radio. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to Word First Radio. I am not your host, Marissa Gonzalez, <laughs> but I am here with your hosts, Jacob and Cameron Woo! and Alan. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> that's the first That's the first time ever an episode of Word First Radio has been, so been started by someone who's not me. That's good. That's so awesome. How was that? Don't ask me to do it again. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it in a really deep voice. Like, uh, yeah. hey, what's up, you guys? Oh, Welcome to Word First Radio. I don't think Radio. they want that. No. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. They might turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> they already have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio. Um, welcome back. We're going to go ahead and continue the conversation that we had uh, about our trip to Bergen and yeah. to First Skeptics Week. So there were other events that happened uh, in the evenings. Let's mm-hmm. talk about uh, one of them real quick. The... Um, uh, it was actually the last one. They had a talk slash presentation. It's called Fulkulman Shalihet. Uh-huh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means like perfect love. Yeah. Unconditional. We were, uh, yeah. There was a lot of different Yeah, Fulkulman means perfect, but yeah. it's like, it's uh, like fulfilled, complete, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even the Norwegians were also having trouble translating it to English. Mm-hmm. It was one of the situations where it's like, we, even the Americans, we all know what it means, mm-hmm. but we can't translate yeah. it, like, Lots perfectly. We, like, we were yeah. all in the Logsusa, and one person explained it, and then everyone went around and tried, like, picking out the per- the perfect, like, yeah. word and find it. Words. All Norwegians. <laughs> no, I don't think that's exactly it. Yeah. Sure. But I think we landed on unconditional. Yeah. Unconditional love. Yeah, yeah really okay. cool. And it was all about, you know, God's unconditional love for people. There was a professor from a uh, Norwegian seminary, mm-hmm. uh, Bergen yeah. Seminary, actually. So that one, you could imagine we, if you heard at the beginning of our last episode of talking about dialects, we definitely relied on translation for most of that one. Not I did, me. at least. All right. That's Not right. me. I listened with my old two ears. And how was it? <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was great, and I heard um, I heard him speak at. We had prayer for Oslo a few months ago. If you, mm-hmm. uh, we posted maybe one picture about it, but we had prayer for Oslo, and he gave a talk one of the nights there. Just really excellent. I don't I don't know that I have much more to say about about it than uh, very positive. Mm-hmm. He talked about uh, talked about human desire for love and mm-hmm. what what is what does that look like and right. and what did the romantics think about it and mm-hmm. it seems to be like our deepest longing yeah and i thought just r- really really interesting discussion something else that was kind of really interesting about this talk is actually after it they had some people come up and give their testimonies yeah how they met jesus one of them was actually someone that me and marissa met over a year ago mm-hmm. in olisun oh, yeah. mm-hmm. isaac yeah, yeah. That was really cool because I didn't know he would be there, and I was really, really, really happy to see him. And uh, he did a great job. We talked about um, his testimony, and he was asked some questions in the Q&A about, uh, like, what is the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. He talks about Christ giving us his righteousness for after dying on the cross for us. And uh, Isak, if you're listening to this, um, because he told me... <laughs> He told me, he's like, I read your Facebook all the time. Oh. And I was like, that's super humbling. Thank you, man. So uh, if you read my Facebook all the time, you'll know that this is out. And <laughs> we are talking talk. about you. We're talking about <laughs> you. So that was that was, that was, event was pretty cool. Um, there was another one. Uh, this one uh, is actually the event uh, we talked about last uh, episode that I didn't listen to any translation. It was easier for us to kind of understand in uh, Norwegian. Yeah. But this was a discussion between a Christian and a Muslim on the topic of do we worship the same God? Yeah, that was the stated topic. Right. It definitely did not hang out there for very long, but they had a great conversation, I thought. Yeah, they definitely got that settled really quickly. And that one, and there yeah. will be no media of. They, uh, Some or one or some number of the participants asked for right. it not to be recorded. So that one we're just going to keep in our hearts and our memories. But mm-hmm. I thought in that was moment. a reek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine yeah. that. Like everyone, like 10 years ago, Mm-hmm. Like every human who ever has lived and <laughs> until yes. very recently, there is no YouTube of it, but it was, mm-hmm. I thought, a really great conversation. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the Imam's name. What was his Muhammad. name? Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah. Of course. Oh, you could have just, I, you could, I wasn't going to say this. If I had said <laughs> Muhammad and I was, if I said Muhammad and I was wrong, that would have been <laughs> terrible. But you could have just guessed. I could have guessed. <laughs> That's not what I, I wasn't going to say that, but I did just now. That's such a bad swing and miss though. It was Tur, Tur Arling, and, uh, who's a Christian pastor, and Muhammad, who's a, 
uh, as an imam. I yeah. thought they had a great conversation. Muhammad was a very nice guy. Yeah. I, I talked to him after the thing. Uh, I actually asked him a question uh, during the event about uh, Jesus and what the Quran says about the crucifixion. But I talked to Muhammad after and uh, clarified my question because I think there was a big part of it he missed, but it's okay. Um, and he gave, he was, he willingly immediately gave me his phone number and was like, here's my phone number, text me, let's talk. And if you want to do a debate, we can set it up. And I was just like, oh, that was really, I did not expect that at all. I just expected to have a quick conversation and get out of there. But he mm-hmm. wanted to talk more. That's the right guy. <laughs> yeah. well, he told, well, he wanted to know more about um, the the development of the New Testament canon and textual criticism. And I was like, you know what? I've never actually heard about those kinds of things before. And like, no, I study this stuff all the time. Uh, yeah. this, is my, this is my thing. And so I'd love to talk to you more about it. And that's why he gave me his number. Nice. But uh, that was really cool. The discussion was really awesome um, because, I mean, they touched on uh, the difference between Allah's love and the Quran mm-hmm. and the Christian God's love. Uh, yes. It was nice because it kind of pointed forward to the event that would come that we just talked about. Um, but what was some one of the things that they talked about was that a Christian can say that God loves everybody. Yeah. And cares about everybody. But... Allah and the Quran, I don't think we can say the same thing about him, is mm-hmm. what he asked the Muslim. Yeah. And the Muslim disagreed, but I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't really align up with my previous no. experience reading the Quran. No, Muhammad, he was, yeah. again, I really appreciated the way that he handled the conversation, and mm-hmm. the, the conversation, it was conducted in good faith. Right. The two men definitely challenged one another, and to Arling, he did such a great job. He did. He, he, anyways, it was really, really great. It was really positive. But that doesn't mean I agree with um, Muhammad on nearly everything. Mm-hmm. And I think he just did a bad job explaining that. I mean, he he kind of waved his hands over the the multiple clear passage about how God, as conceived by um, by Islam, thinks or feels about or mm-hmm. his posture towards humanity, and especially those who are not Muslim. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you really only have to read the Quran. Quran. Sorry for very very short amount of time to get that impression i mean yeah. I, I talked to twilaling after the discussion too and i asked him about that i was like what did you think about that he was like well it definitely didn't match up with what i know about the quran having read it and i said me either and so yeah. i was wondering you know what the what the deal was with that and uh, and christians we have to deal with the same thing right so we have sure. passages in the bible that uh talk about god's we maybe we don't want to say his emotional state or something like, like, does God have sure. emotion? But whatever, God's posture towards humanity. And there are times when it says God hates sinners and God hates yeah. sin. And we have to deal with it. How do we square those um, descriptions of God as inspired right. by the Holy Spirit with our insistence that God is is all-loving and, in fact, the definition of love? Yeah. And uh, I think that's a legitimate thing that we have to deal with. And people have to, like, people have, we have to, as we evangelize, make clear the awfulness of sin mm-hmm. and and how offensive it is and how, like, what a big deal it is, like, how awful it is and how God feels about that very strongly, but also God's love. And uh, that's difficult. That's a a tall order sometimes, but I think it's definitely doable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Man, that would be a great topic for a podcast, God's hatred in the, in the Bible and God's love and how he deals with, uh, things like that. Yeah. Be, let's do that. that yeah. <laughs> we'll do that later. We'll put a pin in it. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But then we'll have, I think that was all of our evening things. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. all. Yeah. But I noticed this year, and I don't know why exactly, maybe it's because we live in Norway and I'm in love with it here. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's because we are a little bit more enculturated than we've ever been. And we speak yeah. some language. And so people were more, open and and friendly with us we've never experienced unfriendly people but maybe they're a little bit more more warm or what but it just seemed like like we were received so well even better this year than in previous years Mm -hmm. um just based on the conversations that i had like alan you talked how many people did you talk to while you were while you were flipping waffles so many Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean lots um like i said we made 450 waffles. Yeah, so at least, so at uh, least 450. At least 450 people. <laughs> and then even some of those people didn't come up. I mean, I didn't talk to every single one of those people, but yeah, right. uh, I would say uh, there was definitely a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of interest and openness. I yeah. mean, that's kind of like what everyone was talking about. I mean, I remember going out in 2019 and people being willing to do the survey, but them mostly being kind of like atheists who were, it felt more closed than mm. it has been. Mm. I remember, and I've talked about before, 
years ago at this point that uh, the next year 2020 a lot more open less atheists more agnostics mm. a lot of people signing up for the follow-up course that uh, Laga does most of the time um, and this year kind of the thing that everybody talked about no matter where they were whether they were the law faculty the pedagogisk faculty or the um, philosophy uh, faculty uh, the feedback from everyone who went out evangelizing doing stands was that everybody we talked to was so open they're so open to the follow-up group they're so open to coming to the events tonight they're so open to going through the survey and talking about their worldview and jesus i'm sorry did we explain the survey no we have before not, but not yet of. how about uh, you do that okay well um the survey is essentially um a bridge for conversation yeah uh the kind of topics that we are discussing at the um the night seminars mm -hmm. um they're quite heavy and um what can i say they're heavy so they require a bit of um preparation I would say, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um and so the survey works as as a as a conversation starter you know yeah. it's not meant to be all about the process of the survey but more so about the conversation that the survey will lead to yeah mm -hmm. so the survey is just asking questions that um that can be a bit bigger in life, you know, yeah, like, uh, right. who is God to you? What, mm -hmm. what is, what is the Bible? And, uh, yeah. Do you think the Bible is a book of fairy tales or right. the word of God yeah. or a historical book or a philosophical book or something else? Yeah. Yeah. Have you experienced anything in the spiritual realm? That, sure. The, sure. Those types of yeah. questions. My uh, open-ended questions that, uh, can lead to. Yeah, further discussion. Yeah, further yeah. discussion. And, and ultimately, hopefully, a gospel conversation, depending yeah. on who you're talking to, right? And so the goal of the survey, I mean, they even told us at the morning meetings, they're like, dude, if, if the survey makes it harder to get to the gospel with the person you're talking with, like, throw it away. Like, you know, like, you don't have to go through this, necessarily go through the survey. It's good that you do. But if you're getting to the gospel earlier, yeah, like, go for that. Yeah, we're not um, primarily doing uh, research. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I noticed, I wonder if you guys would agree with me. So I noticed this interesting... Um, I don't know what to call it. Not a contradiction. Not really a friction. Maybe not. Uh, there's two things happening at once. Attention. Maybe I don't even know if it's attention. I mm -hmm. just think that maybe these things go together. Maybe they're not at odds at all. But okay. I think my impression overall was that people, even uh, I mean, everybody at the university were non-believers, and but they seem to be very positive. Mm -hmm. And there's just no problem. They come up like it's crazy. They come up. They smell waffles. And they come and get some. And we're there with, like, literature, and we're going to give them things. And as an right. American, I would never approach such a table. It's oh, like, yeah. no thanks. There's no <laughs> no amount of waffles is going yeah. to make worth make it worth having to talk to these people. <laughs> yeah. And they were just fine. We talked about it. Like, we're giving out waffles, so you come talk to us. They're like, totally. Great plan. Good mm -hmm. job. That works. <laughs> works with us. Right. Um, and they seem to be very positive. And we talk about, uh, sometimes through the survey and sometimes in... Uh, by way of other means, talk about spiritual things and big questions. Yeah. And of course, none of them were persuaded. And they go, well, I don't believe in any of that stuff. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, no one has said it actually. I was saying, I think it's nonsense. <laughs> Nobody said that. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I'm not rigid, religious. I'm not interested in becoming religious. <laughs> but uh, good luck with your stuff. Mm -hmm. I hope a lot of people show up. Maybe I'll come by. Sure. And a lot of people did come by. Mm -hmm. And so on the one hand, there's that thing. People were very, um, oh. thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you, train lady. One of us? Get up, getting off on the left side. Yeah. A lot Anyways. of people came by. A lot yes. of people yeah. came by. Shouldn't be distracted by <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um, right uh, before recording, we're like, we're so we won't get distracted right. by the thing. So <laughs> very positive and good yeah. feelings. And we're happy that we were Christians. And nobody was really argumentative mm -hmm. or irritated mm -hmm. that we were there. Like, right. what are you? They'd ask us. They're curious about why us Americans, why we as Americans would be uh, in Norway on a Norwegian college campus. But it wasn't like... What are you Americans doing here mm, telling right. us what to believe? There's none of that. It was all very, very positive. Mm -hmm. But then as I had deeper conversations with people, I shouldn't say but then, maybe and then, as I had mm -hmm. deeper conversations with people, it, it's just become also really clear to me that I think you're right, Jacob. I see less hostility and less and fewer people, yeah. uh, fewer people this year who call themselves atheists as there have been in years past. But also it seems to me like they take religion about as seriously as they do a hobby. Like, it it, raise, it rises to the level of hobby. Mm. And mm. as I talk to people and, right. and ask them why why they believe what they did, what they do about God or not, yeah. or whether God's real and, or not, their answers 
zero times had anything to do with the truth. Sure. Well, because I don't believe that God, that God or anything like God really exists. Mm-hmm. It was something like, well, religion serves this purpose for humanity, or I'm not religious, but my parents were, or I think there's something else. There must be something out there. Well, why do you think that? Well, because to because otherwise the universe is so scary, and I don't want to believe that my body returns to the earth when I die. And uh, all of their motive, 100% of the time, and all of the conversations I had as we discuss these things and why people believe what they do about mm-hmm. the big questions and spiritual matters, and it, it every time had to do with what was useful or comforting right. or felt nice. Mm-hmm. And I would ask, I would ask, why, ask why, why are those your beliefs on this topic? And they would tell me, and I said, does truth ever come into it? Did you ever sure. consider whether you should believe this because it might be true? Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of like, what? It wasn't just no. It was like, well, what use would that be? That's not what you're doing. You're not even in the realm of true mm-hmm. and false. Couldn't fathom it. Yeah. That's really strange to me. Yeah. Um, it is to I me actually, too. I actually met a few people. This is the first time. First time I've ever met any pe- any people at Skeptics Week who told me, who adopted the term religious to describe themselves. Mm. So I remember uh, one of the one of the first, if not the first, like deep conversation I had is with a Norwegian man named Andreas. Is mm-hmm. at the law school. That's where we were most of the week, anyways. Mm. Uh, Andreas, I'm talking to him, and he told me he's like, "Yeah, I'm comfortable saying that I was uh, I'm religious. I go to church every every week. I go there, and mm-hmm. I believe that some of the Bible is true. And I mean, if if there's a God, he's probably the Christian God, I guess." So I, I just kind of, you know, after talking about the gospel for a little bit, I was like, but Andreas, the question of all questions is not whether or not this makes you feel good or whether you hope you're on the right team. It's who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So I just asked him because Andreas was like, I think that some of the gospels are reliable, but John is probably not historical. And I mean, I didn't want to get distracted with that conversation, but I asked him, I was like, okay, according to the gospel of Mark, Andreas, who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. And he's like... Oh, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. I think uh, I think Jesus is the Son of God, and someone who I mean, he didn't uh, tell me he was a Christian, but I mean that's a pretty great start. <laughs> so, how about that? Let's. How about we jump into some of our stories, maybe some of our highlights from this week. So yeah. Who are some of the people that we talked to? Some of the deep, uh, maybe not deep, but meaningful moments that we had at the stand. Blogsusa with strangers on the street. I want to go ahead and pass it over to Alan. What are what's one of your highlights from this week? Um, I actually like don't necessarily have any highlights from conversations that I've had with people at the stand. Mm. But um, overall, this week was just very refreshing. We talked about this in the last podcast, um, and it, it kind of reinsures what what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big non coincidence for me that. Daryl Duyama in his uh, discussion or sermon or whatever you'd like to call it mm. um, one of the verses that he used yeah. which is John 8 36 uh, which is whom the sun sets free is free indeed mm. yeah. I actually got one tattooed on me when yeah. we came yeah. here in 2019 yeah. Yeah. so for Come me on. that's kind of more of a, a reassurance that what we're here for is mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be doing here and mm-hmm. uh, it was really it's actually pretty crazy to me um that that happened um and then like just the what Motown was getting at it, to where we're not the Americans anymore that we're here as part of the team even though we're not Norwegian yeah we're here doing things and Laga as was uh, I feel like a huge part in that even though like it's not that we needed praise or dessert like anything for what we did mm-hmm. um, but they were just really helpful in the conversations that we had yeah. with those people and the relationships we made I feel like mm-hmm. I've known these people for years even though mm-hmm. we spent a week with them mm-hmm. yeah right so mm-hmm. that was a I feel like it's been a, an amazing week I, in my opinion yeah yeah to so. touch on your sort of full circle moment that moment for me <laughs> was uh, showing up on Monday and they're handing out lanyards that have uh, kind of Skepsisuka badges on them. Mm-hmm. And they were using 
rise lanyards yes. from the orchard. The same ones <laughs> we brought in 2020, I think. Yeah, we brought them as gifts, a whole yeah. pile of them in 2020 as gifts, and they were handing them out. This Everyone was wearing them at all of the stands. Yeah. They cool. still <laughs> had them, and we're yeah. still using them, and uh, that, that was a pretty great full circle yeah. moment. For yeah. me, it was just um, just a reminder that the same faithful God that started that group and grew that group is the same faithful God that called us here, got us here, mm-hmm. and that we're serving for. So yeah. it was a really awesome, touching uh, moment. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we received Absolutely. just about... The best compliment I could imagine for you, for us as a team, and I just can't tell you how proud I am of you guys. Because mm-hmm. those were long days, and they were hard days. And again, that's not a complaint. Uh, days that are that are long, and that you use all of your gifts, and you come home completely exhausted, and have to rely on God to uh, to fill you with every good thing to be poured out again the next day. Like that's life well lived, I think. Yeah, but Each, yeah. yeah, just to touch on that. Each day we were out. We all woke up probably about 6 a.m. every single day, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. most of us didn't come back home and get to bed until about 1 a.m. every oh, day. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> I'm in bed. So, oh, my gosh. I was, you guys kept me up so much past my bedtime. That's right. Very long days, <laughs> but like like Cameron said, the, they're very long days, but it, we continu- were able to continue to go, and it was not exhausting. No, right. yeah. and satisfying. So yeah. my body is tired, and I... You know, at the end of the day, oh my gosh, did you guys notice how at the end of the day, how no Norwegian you could understand? Yes. <laughs> or, and, Brain fried. And even worse, trying to speak it, I'd just be like, ah, blah, 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 okay, right. it's English now. Yeah. After about nine, <laughs> eight or nine o'clock, I, I was done. Yeah. So before, <laughs> before 12 o'clock and uh, yeah. right after nine o'clock, I think I was about, I was about done. Yeah. Uh, empty, but, empty for Norwegian. And but, on our, on our last night, we had a bit of a party and just kind of a celebration over, over the week. And, yeah. uh, at Aydad, the young man who, um, was the leader of the board for Skepsisuka or Skepsisuken or Skepsisveka. Yeah, it's depending on who you ask. <laughs> um, or Skeptics Week. Or Skeptics Week. <laughs> yeah. It was just offering heartfelt thanks to the mm-hmm. various people and, and groups that have participated and for our group, for you guys. He said, if you got, oh, maybe we should be quiet. Oh, no, we're in Hunvas. But I'm... I'm just going to kind of stall while he's talking. <laughs> but the, here, the feedback that he had for you guys that makes me very, very proud was that he was so thankful for us because we showed up with a willing attitude. And you, he said, you guys just showed up and you said, anything that you guys need, yes, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so satisfied and so proud that that's the impression. That was an absolutely rightful impression that you guys left with them. But um, love that we're trusted, and they told us again that Aina uh, said to me, "You must come mm-hmm. back next year." Yeah, yeah. He said the nice. same thing to us. And previous, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's told all of us that. Yeah. <laughs> in previous years, I want we've, you know, we haven't been able to come the last couple of years, which feels stupid. Like mm-hmm. it's like we right. made it nine, <laughs> like ninety nine one hundredths of the way here from California <laughs> yeah. and can't make the train ride happen. But it just hasn't worked out. Uh, and they're like, "You have to make sure that it that it works out next year." And in previous years. They've reached out, and I've always wanted to... I don't want to invite ourselves. Sure. Yeah. And I felt always a little standoffish. I don't want to be the Americans who show up right. to save the day or whatever. Yeah. So I want to be careful not to um, uh, not to assert our, in, mm-hmm. assert or insert ourselves. And so it was really just touching. Mm-hmm. Touching this, that everybody's like, you have to come back yeah. next year. And I, I said, and maybe we'll see you next year if, there, if there's room for us. Like, what do you mean if there's room for you? See you next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was super cool. And so... That's kind of why this uh, one of the reasons why this trip was so special. I mean, because we came in 2019 by having a campaign at our church and flying, you know, 12 hours from LAX to Oslo. Mm-hmm. Came in 2020 under the same circumstances. Yep. Moved here in 2021 and couldn't go because of COVID. Mm-hmm. 2022, the first year that we're here mm-hmm. for Skeptics Week in Bergen, we ended up not being able to go because yeah. of finances and mm-hmm. they invited us. And so from 2021... Uh, two and three, we couldn't do Skeptics Week in Bergen. Yeah. And now, finally, endly, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2024, um, we finally made it there. Yeah, Cam, help, help, help us out a little bit. Sure. Um, to close the episode, let's talk about a few highlights from our conversations uh, out, out in the stands. Yeah, so, who's so my, someone you talked to that was a good conversation? I had a few... I had a couple that stand out. One was a couple of young ladies who were studying social work. And it was great. So... Talking with the law students was, on the one hand, great because mm-hmm. the law conceptually rests on the idea of 
of human dignity. And mm-hmm. you have to get that from somewhere. Because we don't have an idea of, like, worm dignity. I guess some, some people do. Sure. But if you have an idea of, like, worm dignity, then you get an <laughs> idea of human dignity, too. If worms have dignity, then so do humans. And you still have to get it from somewhere. Depending oh. on who you ask. So that's a really interesting question to have. And then... Uh, so I was talking with these two young ladies who were studying social work, and that conversation was, I think it was kind, but one of them, her parents are Muslim, and she's the one who told me, I, I believe in God, I'm not a Muslim, but I believe in God because mm-hmm. it's just really scary to think, uh, to think that God doesn't exist, and I would, you know, I don't want to believe that this life is all that there is. And then the other young lady who was sitting with her, uh, said she was traditionally mm-hmm. Christian, and I asked what that meant. She goes, well, I was baptized. And sure. I was confirmed, and I did the religious confirmation, not the secular one. Mm-hmm. And I'll be married in a church, and I'll baptize my babies, but I don't believe in God. Oof. And so we talked about that a little bit. And I, I, I just was so, so sad to hear mm. the bad ideas that they had just swallowed and were un- like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and we talked about those. We talked about the foundation of morality, and it was it was a good conversation. And I hope I left a you know I, I left a bit of a stone in their shoe. Mm-hmm. But they just have c- clearly false ideas of, about the world and the and our moral. Like they're studying social work, they want to help people, mm-hmm. but then had no way of justifying why people are worthy of help instead of harm. Mm-hmm. Like if I could harm you and that helps me, why shouldn't I do that? They're mm-hmm. Like, well, I couldn't judge you for that. I'm like, but you're going to. That's your whole career. Mm-hmm. Your your career and your your path of study and your eventual career is based on the idea that some people do harm and they should be stopped, mm-hmm. and the people they're harming should be helped instead of harmed. Yeah. So that is judgment, and it's it's um, systemic and it's personal and individual. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't. Anyways, so I don't want to dwell too much on that conversation. So, uh, but there was it was and it was really nice. It was really lovely, and I got to share with them the whole Christian worldview, the whole picture, and yeah, nice. and that the problem with the world is is sin. Not that there are good people and bad people. It's that we all are... This is something growing more and more clear to me, and we've talked about it a lot uh, among among us. But it's like the problem with the world is not that there are evil people. That's a problem. That's not the problem. The problem with the world is we're, whatever it is now, 7 billion people, and everyone's kind of trying to do their best. Mm. And in a world of 7 billion people kind of trying to do their best, it's not good enough. Mm. Like, it... We fail to produce the world that all of us agree. Whatever your religious tradition is, like there's a there's a, th- a, a, a thick thread, there's a rope, there's a multi manifold thread of uh, of agreement about what a good world looks like, and mm-hmm. we all know that humanity has failed to mm-hmm. do that, and instead we've produced lots of suffering mm-hmm. and awfulness. And I think that that point really resonates with people. We talk yeah, to them, and, could, and then I can see how I have contributed to that. Uh, contributed to in, in my own way mm-hmm. and so I had a similar conversation with another young man called Ula and that was a really nice conversation too and he talked about that he admitted that and I asked him if he's ever failed if he's ever fallen short and failed his own um, his own moral uh, his own moral standards he said yeah I said well like mm-hmm. what he goes well like I don't know maybe I tell a little lie at someone else's expense mm. for some immediate benefit I was like, that's just the best example ever. That's perfect. Mm. And so we talked about that, and we talked about the Christian picture, and he had wondered about it, and, and you know, but I wonder about these things in science, and we talked about those, and and um, it was really good. It was a really yeah. nice, really nice, really I think I think good conversation. I didn't I didn't see anybody as open as some of the other people, and I don't think any of those people are coming to Alpha Course or whatever, but. Um, mm. Yeah, well, I hope that people were presented with... I know they got a true version of the gospel. Right. And I hope that it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, really good. We'll, we'll talk more about the uh, uh, people failing their own moral principles in a second. <laughs> I have a story I have a story I want to share about that. But uh, Motown, how about how about you talk about um, one of your highlights for this week? Um, well, there's one conversation that mm-hmm. really uh, stuck with me. Um, I... On our very last day of... Uh, of evangelism, we, we were at a different faculty than we were at all week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reached out to someone and started talking to her, and she had um, already taken the survey at the beginning of the week. And she was explaining to me that uh, when she was taking the survey, she was accompanied by her best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the survey, it came out that 
I guess it didn't come out, but yeah. her best friend didn't know about her that she was a Christian. Which, oh, okay. to me, yeah. it was quite shocking because that's my whole life. <laughs> sure, sure. So if you know me, you know that I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and with her, you know, her best friend, that's one of the closest people to you, and she didn't know that about her. Mm. Really? And so that really hmm. shocked me. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's just telling, I guess, for society here. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, the survey opened up the door to mm. a conversation between them and... Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. That that really, I guess, needed to be said, and it opened up... Er, it planted, you know, seeds in her friend's mind about, um, about you know, this bigger picture stuff. And, mm. um, you know, I, I encouraged her to, you know, be the light um, in especially her best friend's life. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was... Um, it was just eye-opening for me to have that experience and, and firsthand see that, like, yeah. that maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> it's definitely relevant to some of the stuff we've we've dealt with yeah. out here. I mean, mm-hmm. I talk to, when I talk to Christians a lot uh, about here, especially people our age, then you know, in their 20s, um, I talk to them. This It's been something, if you've known me for the last, like, year or so, I've been using this phrase that I've kind of just uh, come up with called the explicit Christian life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she's like, mm-hmm, because he talks <laughs> about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I do. And uh, when I talk to Christians and have those mutual discipleship moments with them, like, I encourage Norwegian Christians to live an explicit Christian life. Yeah. Because we've had Espen, our pa- the pastor of our church, on mm-hmm. talking about how hard that is mm-hmm. for Norwegian Christians, young Norwegian Christians in this society, in this mm-hmm. culture, yeah. to live something like that. Yeah. And I know it's hard. And it's hard in America a little bit, too. It's e- might be easier in America, but it can be challenging. But... That's good because it's the right thing to do. We should be explicitly Christians, yeah. and we and so I had always yeah. heard that 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 it was you know um, harder for mm-hmm. the Norwegian Christians to spread their faith in that way or talk about their faith in that way. Right. Um, but I hadn't experienced it because you know I've been around all the warmest Christians yeah, of the sure. country, and uh, they live explicitly. So mm-hmm. to have that conversation with her and it it just it reminded me that like like. Yeah, you know we need each other. Oh yeah, we need <laughs> in each fellowship other. to remind each other mm-hmm. that that we need to be the light. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes when we're when we're um, scared isn't the word. Intimidated by the world, mm-hmm. it's easy for yeah. us to want to, you know, to gather up inside of our sanctuaries, and it's important. We need we need an opportunity together to recharge and study the scriptures and mm-hmm. encourage each other like you were just saying that's all of course but that's not our main use to the world mm-hmm. like it's not optional it's essential to the christian life but um we ought to engage the world yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i mean we want to have um uh, which uh, i think uh this team i'll take myself out of the equation this team does a great balance of doing they do a great job at uh balancing the compassion because i mean we understand how hard it is i mean we're also christians in the world we can be intimidated by the world as well so motown i mean that's super awesome that you got to show that compassion to someone and be a part of like gently challenging them to be like no now you now you can be the light in your friend's life now you know we can Mm -hmm. be we can be more explicitly christian and not be um uh, not that we're explicitly ashamed of it, but I think that's one of the things that Paul's touching on when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Let's be explicit about it. Let's not mm-hmm. be ashamed about it. And even if we aren't ashamed about it, let's not even, let's not even act in a way that could be mistaken with being ashamed about it. Yeah. Um, and so let's live explicitly. Amen. That's, <laughs> amen. Uh, but we're not ending there. So uh, I, I have a story. Thank you so much for that, uh, Motown. Uh, I've got a, a story that was really awesome because it, it kind of um, spoke to why we're here, mm-hmm. <laughs> why we come to a place like Norway to do something like evangelism. Um, I was going around doing a survey with a, a Norwegian gentleman named Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking to three Norwegian men at the law faculty mm-hmm. and talking about going through the survey. And one of the, uh, one of the survey's uh, questions is, if you had to ask God any question, what would it be? And I love that question um, because everybody just says the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. Mo- for the vast most part, everybody I talked to said the problem of evil. But then I added a question that wasn't on the survey 
And uh, I found that this was a really good conversational starter with people. So every time they would tell me their question, I would ask them this question back. I would say, what do you think his answer would be? Mm -hmm. So you have this question. With these three gentlemen, it was evil. Like, mm -hmm. hey, why do, why do people suffer in the way that they do in terrible ways? Okay, that's a g great question because people have been asking it forever. What do you think he would say? And people, are, they sit back and they have to think about it because mm -hmm. they're like, man, what would the answer to that be? What would God's answer to that be? And they think, this gentleman told me like, well, I think that it would be because it's some kind of test or some kind of way that we can grow here, like soul making and things like that. Mm -hmm. Those in the so you can the, think of a reason. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you can. But it wasn't a gotcha. I wasn't trying no, to do a gotcha. But he then asked me, he was like, so why? what's the deal with all like the punishments for sin, like mm -hmm. in the Old Testament? Like, what do you deal with that evil in the Bible? And I kind of took that question as like, oh, cool. So like, just what's the gospel? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> and I explained the whole gospel to them from start to finish. And I showed him that a lot of the principles in the Old Testament, what they're teaching us is seriousness of sin. Mm. And that because you have broken God's law uh, with your sin, we all deserve to die. Mm -hmm. We're all under the curse of the law, which is that because we've broken it, we deserve to die. And that's when they started to not really understand the concept of sin. Yeah. So I asked them a question that you actually uh, kind of came, I'll say came up with. Oh. Um, but that you and I have both been implementing in our evangelism with people. Mm -hmm. And it really seems to communicate the problem of sin to people. Mm. Um, so it's two questions. Mm. Cam, how about you share with us just what those are real quick. And then I'll tell you how the rest of our they conversation are, Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> and that really communicates the concept of sin to people. <laughs> well, so no, Cam, we're talking about... Two questions you ask people. What, what are they? Yeah, so they're related to each other. And yeah. in Norway especially, it's difficult to... Come on, don't, don't they know we're filming a podcast? I know. Yeah. <laughs> or just, Do you mind? Thank you. Okay, he's done. So, um, <laughs> the related questions, what we're trying to do is get at the idea, trying to explain what sin is yeah. for people who just have no conceptual framework. Right. They, they just don't have the the boxes or categories to, to understand it or to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, ask, ask a, the first question is something like, have you ever failed your own moral your own moral uh, values. Have you ever hurt somebody you love? Because mm. every, everyone on has, purpose. and most people will admit it. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever have you ever hurt somebody you love on purpose? Right. And everyone will say, "Yeah, well, yeah, of course." Mm -hmm. And the next question is, "Why? Mm -hmm. Why did you do that?" And that's a really loaded question because baked right into "Why did you do that?" Mm -hmm. is um, the impossibility of yeah. <laughs> of, their, of the worldview. Yeah. Something something like. Uh, well, nobody's perfect. No, that's that surely doesn't answer the question, though. Sure, uh, you're imperfect. What is it about you mm. that you that you were unable to prevent yourself from hurting somebody that you loved? And the idea is hopefully to get at the idea that we talked about a little bit earlier. Like I contribute to the badness in the world. Yeah, and most of us aren't murdering people or living violent and exploitative lives. Mm-hmm. But we can all admit that we have fallen short of our own moral values and our own moral principles, and we know what we want the world to look like. And not only, not only are we not perfect in our in our own con like not only are we, are, are we unable to keep from hurting the people we love, we're then also not contributing positively mm -hmm. to the right. world that we all that we agree we want to see. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think when we can see that reflected in us, we can look into our hearts and go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm hurting people." I'm hurting people that uh, I've hurt the people that I love, yeah. and the the only explanation is I'm I'm not perfect. Something like that. The, right. the, the, the yeah. The problem is I'm sorry. I'm explaining too much. <laughs> no, you you're fine. The question, but it, what it gets to is down to the idea of human nature. Yeah. And the reason why is because and what I tell them, how I explain it is, it wasn't on accident. Mm -hmm. You know, you knew it was wrong, mm -hmm. and you did it anyways. Yeah. Okay. And there's no judgment because I've hurt people I care about too on yeah. purpose. The question is, why did you do yeah. that? And eventually you get down to the human nature. And right. so they ask about the Old Testament laws. Mm -hmm. I eventually get us to this point where we all acknowledge that we have a corrupt nature. We yeah. have a fallen nature. Say, what is it about you? Tell so you what I hurt somebody that you love. Nature. Right. And so what I, what I, thank you, Motown. <laughs> <laughs> so what I asked, what I told them is what needs to happen for us to quote unquote get to heaven or to have a right relationship with God. Uh, is we need our nature to be changed. Mm -hmm. And then one of them just kind of like interrupted 
and because he was so taken aback by that answer, he was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, he was. He sat back and he's like, "Hang on a second. How how do we change our nature? Because we've evolved over millions of years. We we all have our different cultures, and your changers, your nature is unchangeable. How do you mm -hmm. change that?" And I said, "That's a great question." Yeah. You're like, "That's a and bit that's, of a pickle." <laughs> I said, "That's a great question," and I'll tell you why I think it's a great question. Because I was just about to ask mm -hmm. you, how do you change your nature? And we walked down a couple ways on how that could happen, uh, yeah. or, or try to have that happen. So they were like, well, maybe we just do the right things. Mm -hmm. Okay. How's that working out? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was like, well, you do the wrong things and you learn from your mistakes and you gain more information and learn from them. And then you just do the right things in the future. Mm -hmm. And then I asked him this question. I said, do you really think Vladimir Putin's problem is that he's lacking information? Right. <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, the problem is not information. Yeah. The problem is that not just that we do the wrong things, but that we want to do the wrong things right. all the time. Right. And so I, t so we walked down a couple other pathways and we all figured out that they didn't work. And then I told him, since you asked me, I'll go ahead and answer how we change our nature since it's only fair, since mm -hmm. you asked the question. So I told him, the only way you can have your nature changed is if God does it for you. How does God, how did God offer to do it for you? And then I shared the whole gospel with them. Here's how God offered to do it for you. He took the complete punishment and penalty in your place on the cross on your behalf, mm. rose from the dead. And as you accept that, you'll be totally forgiven, be born again, given a new heart with new desires, live every day in boldness, not wondering, oh my gosh, I better keep the rules or I'm going to be sent mm -hmm. to hell. But live every day for God, trying to please Him. Your relationship with God is fixed. Your nature has changed. That's all of it. So I explained mm -hmm. it a little longer than that, <laughs> a little more deeply than that, tailored to who I was talking to a little more mm -hmm. than that. But at the end of the gospel, I asked them this question that was on the survey. It was actually the last question of the survey, and it was like the question they needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And the question on the survey is, if this is true, would you want a relationship with this God? Would you want a relationship with that kind of God? Mm -hmm. And they never answered me because of what they were, they were too busy leaning back so far back in their chair with their faces flustered and like thinking mm -hmm. about it. And one of them said, his name was Bjorn. Uh, I was talking to three gentlemen and one of them was like, that's such a good question. Do I even want my sins forgiven? Mm -hmm. Yeah relationship with God, to be born again, do I want my nature changed? Yeah. And one of them, uh, the last thing I'll share before you comment, because I'm sure you have a thousand things to say, is the guy who asked me the, how do you change your nature question? He was like, I got to tell you, um, I have never heard anything like this before. Mm -hmm. And that's important because when we as Americans think of unreached people groups, right? We think of people in, you know, third world countries, mm -hmm. people in Asia, people in Africa. That's what we think about South America. But unreached people groups are where people have never, ever heard the gospel before. Mm -hmm. And I, I've met people on more than one occasion in Norway, more than one occasion this week, mm -hmm. who I've shared the gospel with, who have never heard it before. And they were yeah. confronted with it for the first time, and it blew them away. Yeah. So I... What I did is I invited them to the courses. I, I, I offered them like, hey, you should believe in Jesus today. Mm -hmm. But I left them in the care of the Christians who were there in, in Bergen. Uh, and that, so that's how I ended the conversation. But uh, that was a huge highlight for me. Yeah. Really important. Yeah, that was good. It always, just getting to the gospel. I mean, I recognize for me, I like to, too often like to, not, I say argue. Mm -hmm. But I want to solve all the problems first and then mm -hmm. get to the gospel. Yeah. And you know, of course, there's room for that in our evangelistic conversations. But I'm, as I get older and older and older, <laughs> I'm realizing just how true it is that humanity's main problem is not, like you said, Jacob, it's not that we lack information. Mm -hmm. And our main problem is um, not primarily educational. And you've heard me say something before, like, if that was the problem, Jesus could have given a weekend seminar and mm. left us with a pamphlet. <laughs> it was not the information that's the problem. It's that um, 
people, we worship ourselves instead of worshiping God. So I, in the light of that, start asking this question this year. Another pair of questions. I don't know if it's clever. We'll see if it, yeah. if it bears, uh, if it bears any fruit. But the first question was, um, if God was real, would you want to know? And a hundred percent of people, even though the young lady described herself as very atheist, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent said, yeah, absolutely, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I'd follow it up and say, okay. If God is real, do you want to know? And every single one of them <laughs> balked at that. And there's not much, I try not to be too general, but that was, that was a hundred percent of the time. If God was real, would you want to know? Yes. If God is real, do you want to know? Mm. And they said, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really interested in joining a religion. I don't yeah. really want to. And, uh, I don't know exactly what that means yet. And I don't know. Exactly. I don't know if that's a way in or if that's a, if that's going to be a good, like, conversation continuer mm-hmm. or something, but I'm really, um, that's a curious response. Cause when it's hypothetical, people have, they, what, I think, it, I think it says something about what we believe about ourselves. Sure. What we believe about ourselves is, sure, I want to have a true view mm-hmm. of the universe. Mm-hmm. But then, because the second question implies, if you answer yes to this, I'm about to tell you. Mm. You're about to hear from me that God is real, and I'm going mm. to challenge right. you to understand why. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, 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 okay, well, then in that case, I'm not interested in the information. Yeah. And Ooh. I think that says something about maybe the distance between how we view ourselves mm. and how we really are. Yeah. And also, again, the nature of the problem. Like, I can't imagine, and I'm sure this is, I'm, uh, listen, I'm sure my view of myself is very far from the objective truth about myself. But that's such a curious thing to me. If somebody said, if this was true, would you want to know it? And mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, well, if it is true, do you want to know it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those, those, you know, they reduce to the same question to me. But I appreciate the people here were right. honest about their convictions and biases, I guess, or at least when they're confronted with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could tell it made people uncomfortable, but I think uncomfortable in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not opposed to making people uncomfortable. Um, because if, <laughs> if the sentence, the Christian God is real and the sentence, I'm an unworthy sinner mm-hmm. who rightly deserves judgment. If those sentences are the same sentence, then saying, do you want to know if God is real? And the, uh, having the answer be yes, has like serious implications right. for, for what that means. Yeah. I think this, you know, this has been good. Um, I think Cameron, uh, just as we close it out, yeah. it, it's, um, it's interesting because like you know the first people well besides this episode actually the first voice they hear on this podcast is mine mm-hmm. but uh since you're the leader of this whole gang and we've Ooh. just had a long you know a long week of ministry that was really you know uh taxing but mm-hmm. in a good way mm-hmm. taxing in a very good way I, we talked in the last episode about at last episode about how we're tired but not burnt out mm-hmm. i think that's very true yeah we are very tired and ready to relax mm. i think we're taking all sunday <laughs> off thank god but um, Cameron, what it, what are some things you want to share uh, with our audience back home about about this week as being the kind of leader of this team? I don't know specifically. I would just say I'm very proud of you guys as a team, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that we got the opportunity to be back in Bergen again. And like you said, like this is something we haven't experienced in a while, where we're tired but ener- tired but energized, we're mm-hmm. tired but yeah. on fire, and mm-hmm. it feels like our sails are full of wind. And so please be praying for us that we don't. Um, that we don't lose this momentum, mm-hmm. that our sales don't go slack, that mm-hmm. we figure out ways to to continue to work in ways that are satisfying and use our gifts and uplifting and that we encourage each other mutually like Motown talked about and remind each other about the gospel. Like, we need to be that for each other. Mm-hmm. As as much as we're like, oh, man, that, that that she had a friend, her best friend didn't know she was a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know you guys know I'm a Christian, but... I could be encouraging you with the gospel more often. Mm. We could be repeating it to each other and being an mm-hmm. encouragement in, e- in each other's life in that way. And I think we just sort of, we take that for granted. And so we never talk about, not never, but it's easy not to talk about the gospel because it's like, oh, we already already know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just the reminder and encouragement of that, I think, is is going to be so valuable for us. So please, those of, uh, those of you who are listening who pray for us, please pray for that. And, you know, we have lots of opportunity to be very discouraged in the near future as we endeavor to plant mm-hmm. uh, to plant a church and that of course is uh, something that the evil one does not want to happen and so we expect we expect encumbrances and obstacles um, that that 
are going to be good and effective. <laughs> and uh, and we don't want, of course, to be to be swayed. Ooh. Nope. Is there an animal on this train? I guess so. A zoo on this train. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I really hope that people can hear that stuff. Otherwise, that we, sa- we sound crazy. If they that, that wasn't just Alan barking. <laughs> yeah. We've had such a long week, we're hallucinating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'll, I'll, maybe I'll leave, I'll uh, leave with this. And this has been my conviction this week. And I was invited to lead a devotional on Thursday before the groups all went out. And my conviction this week has been a couple of things. One is just the greatest sentence I heard all week was Tor Arling when he was uh, one of the pastor who was speaking with a Muslim gentleman about whether Muslims and Christians worship the same God. Mm -hmm. And there was, uh, he said to somebody during the Q and a, the, the cross is the only way that God could do justice and mercy at the same moment. I thought mm. that was really beautiful. The only way God gets justice and mercy in the same moment mm. is, on, is at the cross. Yeah. And let's keep that in mind. And then just the importance of, of the simple prayer and aim of our life. God, help me to help me and empower me to be faithful and to represent you well today. And that's something I struggle with. You know, I, I think kind of long range. I think of the thousand areas where I'm deficient and want to plan about how I'm going to become the, how I'm going to perfect myself and my own strength and righteousness. Um, but just the simple, simple daily, hourly reminder and asking the Spirit for his empowerment mm-hmm. that I and Jacob and Motown and Alan and Whitney and my girls and all, each of us, all of us who, um, all of us who are disciples of Christ, just the importance of being faithful and representing our Lord well today. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. So um, <laughs> that's why I didn't. <laughs> but thanks for that, Cam. Yeah. And thank you guys for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, Motown and Alan. Uh, we got to do this more often. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to add any more to that. That's uh, perfect. Uh, you guys tuning in. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Word First Radio. I um, hope you enjoyed our stories. Uh, we had to make you wait a week for it, but it was well worth it. Uh, we'll declare that. And we'll see you again next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Word First Radio. Be sure to like, subscribe, and check us out online at wordfirst.us. Yeah.